Hey, everybody. Um, had a longtime listener and, and very good contributor to my ideas and thoughts asked me a question with a direct message on Twitter this morning, and I told him I'd answer it, so it's time for me to get an answer out there. And basically, the question was, is China using the supply chain issues that have come with all this COVID and everything as kind of a pretext for kind of a trial run on seeing what, what's going to happen and go on with Taiwan. Now, um, you know, some of the slowdown and stuff with China with, with supplying things and that could be the fact that they're not real happy with us on some of our policies, you know, sticking up for the Uyghurs and, and you know, basically the Muslim part of China, our policy toward Tibet, our policy towards Hong Kong, and our policy towards Taiwan. Um, and you know, you know, she has said numerous times, he doesn't want another Chinese generation to have to deal with the Taiwan problem or question. Of course, my, the, the thing is, I, you know, yeah, Taiwan is part of China historically somewhat, but the Taiwanese people are kind of completely independent and different. I mean, they're, 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 they're a different ethnic group than than the mainland Chinese. Of course, the, you know, China's got all these, you know, there's Mandarin, there's Cantonese, there's Shanghai dialect in their language, you know, where their language is hard even for different groups to talk to each other and stuff. So, uh, but but I think, I think the supply chain issue in China, just my opinion, is the fact that they are scared to death of this virus for whatever reason. And they literally shut complete things down. You know, one person gets the virus, they shut, like, the whole factory down. They weld the apartment building doors shut. You know, we've seen the pictures of them welding apartment doors shut and people having to, like, lowering fishing line with fishing poles to get food up. Um, you know, they literally, they literally shut the whole things down, and I think... A lot of the supply chain problems in China are due to the way that they respond to COVID. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. That's the way it is. And, and that being the case, um, it, it is what it is. And here's the thing about the supply chain, and I, and I got to be careful of this because I got an implement dealership really upset with me. Uh, and, and I wasn't picking on the dealership. They felt that I was picking on the dealership back when I used to do my podcast years ago. And, and, and yeah, there, there was the company, but a but couple things. One, you got all the electronic stuff. But two, you know, and I've used this example before, you know, like John Deere used the same fuel pump from a 4020 all the way up to, gosh, probably the 40 series, maybe the 50 series. So it was it was the same kind of fuel pump, the same kind of stuff. And now it seems like the bean counters, you know, if the, the, they'll have a serial number change in the middle of a model run year that, that either they couldn't get something or they went to a different supplier or they saved 25 cents. And the fact that this stuff seems to evolve at a quicker rate than what we used to. Um, we have just lots more parts, pieces, and you know it's it's you know yeah they they they'd come out with a new model all the time, 
but the the inner workings really weren't a whole lot different. I know uh, the the left side of a deer feeder house from about a John Deere seventy seven hundred all the way up to ninety seven seventy is basically the same bracket on the side of that thing that holds you know that the the head drive together. Um. You know, that variable speed drive, belt drive down there is pretty much the same thing. Well, that's pretty easy to keep parts for when every model, year, number, stuff uses the same stuff. But when you change it and completely re-engineer it or get different suppliers from different countries, that starts complicating things. And we all know we got international companies now. And plus... You know, nobody wanted to build warehouses and store parts. Everybody wants, you know, wanted to get, well, we just got just in time, you know. Our our big warehouse in XYZ City can ship it out and we'll have it to you in 24 or 48 hours. You know, have it to you overnight. Well, that's great when it all works. But when the computer system goes down or when there's weather or COVID, it doesn't work. You know, uh, and the fact, too, that when you're changing the changing designs and parts that quickly, you know, how many how many how many extra parts do you make for parts for replacements? You know, and 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 is it planned obsolescence that after so many years, we're just going to kind of quit making the parts? And I'll be honest with you, we 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 got a big, versatile for old blue first tile four wheeler, but the nice thing about that, you know, you could go to the used trucks parts store and get a lot of the parts. Now, I'm sure the implement, you know, companies probably the dealership doesn't mind too much. Really, they don't. Um, the the implement company would probably much rather have the, you buy the part through them where there's an upcharge to it. But you know, an M11 is an M11, an 855 is an 855, an N14 is an N14. Uh, those all, by the way, are three different Cummins engines. And, you know, when, when you're using, you know, that stuff that, that's common used, you know, for how many years did International put a 466 engine and how many, not just tractors, but look at all the trucks. Look at all the trucks that have 466 in them. And, oh, by the way, that was a great motor. And it was really great for combines because you could spin that thing at 2,700 RPMs. That's why all the tractor pullers used it because they could spin it at whatever speed they wanted to and it wouldn't fly apart. Um, a lot of engines today are not built to spin that fast. Sorry, it's just the way they're designed. Um, you know, the, the 1,500 RPMs is what we want them to do. And I can tell you, uh, with our with our Versatile, with our M11 in it, we try to keep the RPMs all the time at 1,800 or lower just because you keep the longevity of the engine. So how, how does that relate to the question, you know, is China using the 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 the, the Taiwan thing? And, and a market advisor that I follow and I think is a really smart guy, he talks about that this day and age there's multiple ways to do war. You know, there's economic sanctions, there's banking things, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, there's cyber hacking. 
there's all kinds of stuff you can do besides lobbing bombs at each other. And, and stuff that goes on all the time behind the scenes that you and I probably don't know. And, and you know, you, you can... Well, the idea is with the economic sanctions is you bring the country down on the knees where the people... Uh, are in that bad a shape that they then change you from within. Um, now, you say, well, is that a very good way to treat a civilian population? Well, is that a better way than, you know, bombing them to smithereens like we did in World War II? Um, you know, fire firebombing German cities. You know, we dropped a couple atomic bombs on some Japanese cities. We firebombed Japanese cities. Um you know, so is the economic sanctions, you know, worse? Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on if you're the one starving or not. Um, but, you know, the, the, the banking stuff, the trade stuff, you know, and that's, you know, I, we, we've been in kind of a, a economic stranglehold war with Iran for a long time. And one of the people that help Iran out is China. And I'm sure China is getting a deal on all that oil they're buying from the Iranians. That, oh, by the way, the tankers turn their trackers off, those ships, and, you know, then they, you know, stay out in international waters and transfer the oil into another ship that then takes it into port. I mean, it's it's interesting the things they do. And, of course, you know, we got not, not, just, not just Iran, but we got Venezuela and kind of Cuba that we're doing that with and North Korea. And it's, you know, what, what people say, well, you know, what, what do the Venezuelans have in common with the Iranians? Well, the enemy, my enemy is my friend. And partly if we're doing all those economic sanctions, then they can, you know, the, the, the only people they can trade with is amongst themselves. Um, you know, I think she would like to get the Taiwan question over, but I think he'd like to do it without firing a shot. I think he'd like to do with a lot of saber-rattling. Saber I think, you know, one reason he's building his military up is because, you know, everybody else is like, okay, do we want to take that deal on? It's the same thing. I, I think, yeah, I think Putin's going to have the low-level, you know, guerrilla stuff still going on in, in you know, eastern Ukraine. Um, he's going to build up his forces on the Crimea. But I think he, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, Putin's endgame may not be so much taking over Ukraine as it is stopping the expansion of NATO. You know, that's, that's maybe what Putin's really about. But, but back to China and the COVID, I, I really think the Chinese, you know, who knows what they really know? Well, we got people that do know, but, you know, and, and is it as bad as they're, and, and maybe, maybe they're making it out to be worse than it is because of the economic games being played. Um, and maybe it is that bad. I don't know. Um, but, but uh, you know, they do have that, what's called a zero tolerance policy. And if one person comes down with COVID, they shut that whole section of the factory down or that whole factory down or that whole office building down or they weld the apartment door shut. And when you shut things down at that rate to isolate everybody from everybody, you know, there's two things. One, you do have supply chain problems. And two, if natural immunity is one of the best ways to get resistance to the COVID, 
by stopping the spread and doing all that shutting down and isolating, you're not getting a lot of people to get it, which means you're not going to have a lot of natural immunity. And I'm not saying natural immunity is the way to go. I'm just saying that from the livestock perspective, you know, if you don't have a vaccine, which we didn't have for a while, or the vaccines weren't very good and effective, you know, natural immunity is generally a better deal. You know, that's kind of, you know, when they when they were, you know, inoculating people at the beginning against smallpox, they gave them cowpox, and they really wanted them to get kind of a case of it. Which, you know, we're vaccinating, you know, and people, I, I think, you know, when some people kind of feel down and, and lethargic or, you know, hurt or whatever, you know, they're, you're, your body's getting a little bit and it's getting a reaction to that to get it. But, you know, um, how did somebody tell me a slight case is maybe good because if you get a slight enough case, but it needs to be maybe enough of a slight case to get that natural immunity. But it, like I said, once again, if China, you know, zero tolerance is shutting down, um, it's interesting, but yeah, you know, is is China using the COVID as practice for, you know, an invasion into Taiwan? No, I, I really don't think so. You know, and, and, you know, there's going to be all kinds of books. There's going to be all kinds of movies. There's going to be all kinds of, uh, you know, documentaries on how this whole thing came about and what came out where and when and everything else. <clears throat> but if you're if you're following along, you know some of the what I call liability protections that the medical industry is wanting to have on making the vaccines. You know, they're talking about clamping down on this information for, you know, not a hundred years, but close to it. So I don't know exactly when we'll ever really know what actually really went on and if we ever really, really will know everything. And, um, you know, who actually was investing in what, where, when, and how, and why, and yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But, but, is, but is China using the COVID for a, for a, you know, test run on Taiwan? Nah, I, I I really don't think so. I um, um, now it, it is a good test for China to see. Okay, if we do an economic embargo on them, how much does it hurt them economically? You know, if the United States shuts down its economy, how much you know it does? And and in a podcaster that I listened to, Charlie Kirk, he had a guy on that was talking about you know that that. Um, uh, there was a vast number of people in the establishment that wanted to get rid of Trump, and they really didn't know what to do until the COVID came along. And they're like, oh, shut this down, because it doesn't... Trump's not a um, sympathetic guy. Trump's not an emphatic guy, I think they were using the term. And basically, this did not play to his strengths, it played to his weaknesses, and the fact that it crashed the economy. And anytime you crash the economy, a politician runs a chance of not getting reelected. Um, I.e., that's why I think you're going to you see Biden work very, very hard to keep the economy from crashing. And I think if the economy does waver, it would not surprise me that if they don't throw more stimulus money out here. Now, 
it may not be as broad but brushed as what Trump was where he sends everybody $2,400. It may be more targeted. It may be more, um, you know, maybe sent to the, to the big uh, cities that tend to vote Democratic big time. Um, you know, it, 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 and that's the way, that's the way around that, that question is you send it to the big cities. Uh, you know, you don't send it to the blue states. You send it to the big cities, and and the bigger the bigger big cities tend to be in the bluest states, <clears throat> which tends to mean that's where the money's going to go anyway. And and I think I think you're going to see the Biden administration come out and do some of these things. I just really think it's going to happen, and I think you'll see a lot of things. You know, it's it's like some of this new COVID money for USDA. For you farmers out there, there's some dairy money, you know, everything else. You watch. A bunch of those checks will start coming out in August, September, October of this coming year. They'll, they'll have to write the rules and vet the rules and it'll take, you know, and, and you'll have politicians pounding the table saying, I want you to get that money out to the farmers now. They need that money to plant the crops, you know, and everything else. Um, Just believe me, it'll come in front of It'll come in front of the election. It's just kind of the way it works. So, yeah, I'm I'm not, you know, the, the supply chain disruption, part of this too. Stock market's been very, very good to a lot of people. I mean, it dropped down, but it came back. And I think a lot of people, once this thing got up here again and kind of revisited and made new highs, you know, came, you know, we dropped... We dropped clear down to what from thirty six hundred to eighteen hundred, and now we're back up to uh, what forty six, forty seven hundred. Maybe maybe we're forty four, forty five right now. But you know we went back higher, and I think there's a lot of people just saying, you know what, I got plenty of money to retire on right now if I step out and walk away from this. I've made enough in the stock market. Um, I don't need to work anymore. My my kids are growing, you know. And we also, because of COVID, the child care issue, I think, is bigger than what a lot of people realize. I was talking to a guy today, and he's like, yeah, you know, my wife's got a really good job, and I can do this, 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 and this, but I can still be Mr. Mom at home when I need to be, when the kids are, you know, coming home from school and that, and it just works that way really well. And I'm like, Okay. Okay, I, I, you know, him and I were eating lunch, and, you know, I could see that. You know, he, he, you know, he could, he could, you know, wait till they get off to school in the morning, and then he can do what he needs to do, and then, you know, he, he's gonna leave in time to get back when they get back from school, and the other stuff he does can work around that schedule, and th- they don't have any childcare costs, and, um. But you've taken him, and he's a great worker, great individual, very talented. But, and, and believe me, his wife does have a really good job. Um, I mean, she she makes the money, makes good money. Uh, you just took him out. You just took him out of the labor force, and that's some of the that's some of our own stuff there. But yeah, China. Taiwan, you know, it, it's a, um, she wants to solve it. She's an old hardline communist. He liked the Cultural Revolution. 
which just about destroyed that country. Um, it was a it was a purity test, a lot like what a lot of people are trying to do in this country in in ways. Um, you know, it was a thought thought police. You had to think one way and one way only, and they really really abused and 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 well eliminated people that that had done things in the past that didn't fit the way they thought the future should be. You know, you, you got to go to re-education school. Wow. And let me tell you, there's a lot of us old dogs. I don't know if we can make it through re-education school because I'm not sure we got educated really that well that well the first time. But oh well, I digress. Well, hey, to the smartest audience in agriculture, a little bit about China, a little bit about Taiwan. Question that I got asked by a longtime listener, um, uh, contributor, person that, that makes me think, um, and, and asking the question, you know, is, is was this COVID and the supply disruptions all about China testing us out for Taiwan? I, I don't think that was the original intent, but I think as anything, whatever happens, if you're very observant and see what happens while it's happening, you can extrapolate that out then to another scenario and say, okay, when this happened, this is how they reacted and this is what they did and this is how it worked out. So if that happens, this is probably how they're going to react to that. Doesn't always mean it's right, but you're kind of trying to, well, people that know me know that I've said this a lot before, you know, a lot of times running through life, working on a job, doing whatever, is kind of like driving down a, a, a rural country blacktop. You know, you can drive in your lane. You can drive in the middle of the road. You can drive in the other lane a lot of times. But once you start getting in the shoulder, you start running the risk of something bad happening to you. And definitely, if you get in the ditch, and some of these roads don't have the greatest ditches in the world... Bad things can start happening to you real quick. <clears throat> so keep it between the ditches and you're fine. Now, occasionally somebody jumps the ditch and they're out cutting cookies in the middle of the field and that can get you in a lot of trouble real quick um, or get you stuck or get you ended up where you don't want to go. But uh, as long as you keep it between the ditches, you generally can do things pretty good. Um my question is, where's the ditches right now? That, my friend, I think is a real question. Well, hey, China, Taiwan, the smartest not in agriculture. Thanks for listening.